0: Hello, and welcome to Agents of Nonprofit. My name is Alexander Lapa, and I'm here to speak with everyday superheroes helping nonprofits. Joining me today is Jennifer Drago to talk about nonprofit life cycles. Jennifer, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much. Thank you for having me.
0: So as we begin, or before we begin, I should say, the topic, I'd love to know your superhero origin story. That is to say, how did you get started working with nonprofits?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, I've actually, um, I would say I kind of... Fell into the nonprofit world, um, and and here's how. I really wanted to be in healthcare. I started out um, actually as a pre med student, thinking I was going to medical school, but I fell in love with business classes, and so I ended up um, after my undergrad going into a master's in health services administration. Program, which really equipped me to run, help run hospitals. And so I guess, you know, did I fall into it? Well, not all hospitals are nonprofit, but many of them are. And so from there, I I did start working after graduate school for a nonprofit health system in their planning and strategy department, did a lot of strategic planning, program planning, facilities planning. I've also worked over the course of my 30 year career in senior living and a lot of senior living organizations including the one that I worked for are nonprofit as well and uh, just fell in love with nonprofits. I've actually sat on a number of boards uh, for in the health and human services arena, and I've actually helped to form two nonprofits in the Phoenix, Arizona area in the United States. So I'm a nonprofit girl through and through, and today what I love to do is help nonprofit organizations thrive, and one of the ways we do that is through the topic we're, we're going to talk about today, which is life cycles and building capacity through the life cycles concept.
0: Yeah, a couple of points. One is the if I had um, a scorecard of everyone that I was able to talk with who said they use they fell into nonprofits, I think I would be ultra rich. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to be the use case very sticky though. Once you fall into this arena, it, you don't want to leave. So. Lovely to hear the background. Second thing, yeah, related to the topic at hand, nonprofit life cycle. I mean, I've seen obviously those two words separately. It's not so often you see them together. So maybe you could paint a picture of what, what is the nonprofit life cycle? What does that mean in the context of a nonprofit?
1: That's a great question. And so when I was introduced to the life cycles concept, it was in business school, right? And it was around business life cycles, how um, you have um, an organization that, well, and it's usually not, doesn't start as an organization, starts as an idea, goes through some kind of startup phase. After the startup phase, moves into growth, hopefully settles into maturity. Can then at after a point of maturity either stay in maturity for the long term. Sometimes goes into a decline state, and then into uh, if it is in decline, you have the opportunity to either turn it around or to uh, it can move into a terminal state, which is you know where the bu- the business or the product might go away. So I've seen this applied to businesses. I've seen it applied to products. You mentioned software. It's probably been (laughs) applied to software in ways that you know and I don't. um, And and now has been adapted also uh, for the nonprofit world. And the thing that I think makes it a little bit different for nonprofits, at least as I've learned it, if you picture a a table, a four-legged table, for the nonprofits, the table legs are the things that provide the structure, the stability, the resiliency of the nonprofit. And those things are administrative systems and we can talk more about each of these. Your financial resources um, and/or your business model, what's your revenues and expense model look like, your governance or your board of directors, your management and their talents and skills. So those are your four table legs. And then what sits on top of those four table legs are your programs, usually the core of a nonprofit's work. And then um, through your programs, what sits on top of the table in a nice little vase is your mission. So you're able to fulfill your mission by having your programs, your management, governance, financial resources, and administrative systems all in alignment under the life cycle capacity, under the life cycle stages. And, and so um, I'll, I'll speak a little bit more about each of those and what I mean about having those all in alignment. It's really important that each one of those components sits in the same stage of your life cycle as the organization grows or else you get a wobbly table and your you know mission has to fall to the side maybe because there's a weakness in one of those foundational elements.
0: What's the word we can use for those elements? Is it, I mean, I don't want to say table legs every time. I've heard the word pillar before. What would you like I, to call they, them? They
1: are, in essence, pillars. I would call them pillars.
0: Awesome. So so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stages,
1: mm-hmm. each of
0: which at each, within each stage, it's important, you're saying, to have those four pillars more or less aligned. Before we get to the actual, though, pillars, let's talk about some of these stages and yeah. why they're important, and what we need to do with them, and, and at what we should do at each of these stages. Okay. Um, so I guess the first question would be: yeah, is, is if you could maybe just give them I mean, some of them are maybe obvious, like uh, startup. But if you could maybe give a definition for each one first, and then we can take it from there. Sure.
1: Yeah. You bet. I would be happy to do that. Um, and and picture these along a continuum. Um, and actually, the diagram, if I if we were. Video, also, I would share with you kind of a bell curve um, because that's how it looks in terms of, um, you know, we really want to stay in the middle of that curve, which is your maturity stage, as long as possible before, you know, we go into decline or have to work to turn around or rejuvenate things. So I'm going to start at the left end of what that bell curve would look like as we're going up. The first stage is the idea stage. And this is where there's a perceived community need, which sparks a founding idea or a vision of what could be. Um, And so that's where you start to talk about your programs. You may have some folks who, um, you know, it's sometimes usually brought about by a founder that says, hey, I have this great idea. And they encourage people around them to join them in this mission of potentially starting this this startup. There's not a board at that stage. Obviously, usually no resources and no systems in place. So really early just talking about the idea. And then you move into the startup stage. And the stage here obviously is where you're beginning to operate. And it's when your energy and passion are at their highest, and but your systems are generally lagging far behind. So um, if you've ever been in any kind of startup situation for business, even if it wasn't a nonprofit, you're generally starting with a program. You're trying to roll something out, and so um, often in that stage, your programs are uh, maybe simple, experimental. Generally, have more breadth than depth. Um, your the volunteers that you have participating at that time. Um, are looking to a leader as the spark plug and the group most experienced staff person. Um, but it's generally a group of volunteers that are working to get this thing off the ground. Again, usually not resources. There may be the beginnings of a board at that point, but it's generally the volunteers that are friends of um, a founder or someone that, ha- you know, other people that have a passion. Then when you move into the growth stage, um, this is where you may have demand because you've started a program and you may have service demand that exceeds your current systems and your structural capacities. That's a good thing to have, um, but often in this stage, you, know, you may not have the resources in place that you need to um, expand services. You may not have the systems in place to allow that to happen efficiently, you're trying to transition from a working board into a true governing board um, and and get that that part going. And then, you know, this is where the management can can be a real hinge here for the organization because this is often where, We need to move from a founder-led organization into a professionally-led organization. Sometimes founders have the opportunity to be um, true leaders because they've been in the business world or they know how to lead. But often we find that the founders are the ones with the passion but not necessarily the managerial skill. So that can be a real critical part of this growth phase. So the growth is typically characterized by a lot of angst (laughs) because you have demand and you just, everyone is running as fast as they can, but they're also getting tired. Um, The maturity phase is when the nonprofit has a reputation by that point, usually for providing steady, relevant, and vital services to the community. Um, They hopefully have a strong organizational foundation and an overall sense of security. So the maturity stage is the stage we're all striving to get to. Um, And that's when all those different table legs are aligned. The decline stage is when um, the organization is having to make decisions based on internal factors rather than external client needs that can result in diminished direct census or insufficient current income to cover operating expenses. So something has changed to trigger a decline. It can be a change in demand, it can be a change in your environment, it can be a change internally um, in, in management. Um, in, in my world in senior living and healthcare, sometimes it's a change in reimbursement structures that you have nothing to, to do with or say about, you have no say over, um, but it triggers, um, a decline. And, and that really is the key trigger, I guess, to the nonprofit board that they need to do something different. They either need to, um, look at their services different to enact a turnaround or, uh, make a decision to exit either the entire business or a certain part of the business. So the turnaround is an organization that's at a critical juncture because of lost market share and revenues, but through self-awareness and determination have have taken decisive action to reverse prior actions in favor of market relevance and organizational viability. And then Terminal would be an organization that has lost its will, reason, or energy to exist.
0: I imagine that, the delineation between each of these stages isn't super clear, but I do understand that there's a need, there's an importance to know where you are in which of the stages you're in. I'm curious to know, you know, what can a nonprofit do to figure out where they are and, and why would they really? What are the real benefits to know? Ah, you know, we're in this phase, therefore we should be doing this. I guess is the answer. Versus we're in that phase, therefore we should be focusing on something else.
1: Great question. Um, so one of the things that um, organiz- that nonprofits can do, and we're so fortunate that we actually have uh, an organization that exists to promote uh, life cycles knowledge. It's called the Nonprofit Life Cycles Institute, and um, they actually have a self-assessment tool that nonprofits can use to self-assess where they are in that life cycle, but the interesting thing about that assessment is that, remember when I said that, you know, we have the table legs plus the programs, and they all have to, they all, uh, my, my experience is that I don't often, when I go into work with a nonprofit, see that all the table legs and the programs are in the same stage of the life cycle. So it's important to know this is not, um, this is kind of a diagnostic tool. And so, when you take that self assessment, it's going to help you and your board assess where each pillar is in the life cycle um, stage. And what that will tell you then is how well, it will help you point the way to how do we bring those things into alignment. And I'll give you um, a, a real life example. Many nonprofits, I mentioned that um, they tend to form around a community need which means programs tend to be the leading thing that we work on. And that's one of the table legs. So often as a nonprofit is working and is starting up, we'll see the programmatic part of that move quick, more quickly into the growth stage while everything else in the organization lags back in the startup phase and And it's really frustrating for boards because they don't understand, you know, they're working so hard to deliver these programs to people and they don't understand why things aren't moving more quickly or why it just feels so hard. And it's because the other table legs are, you know, lagging behind. And so that's the beauty of doing um, a self-assessment or having a professional like a life cycle capacities consultant, which is somebody who's certified by the Nonprofit Life Cycles Institute, Um, someone like me can come in and can help do the assessment um, if the board doesn't want to do the assessment itself. And one more quick thing about the assessment I forgot to mention is the beauty is if you have a board, you have them each take the assessment separately, and then we can kind of... um, collate their responses and you know get the the beauty of everyone's opinions right because the executive director's opinion might be different than some of the
0: board members based on their experiences. That's a great tactic actually to get each one to do their own analysis mm-hmm. to see whether everyone is truly aligned or someone is um, is not aligned basically so options are basically do the self-assessment from this particular website. Or have someone like yourself come in and help them with the assessment. Then, once you have, okay, let's say we're at the growth phase, what does that, what, what meaningful element does that tell me? And is that, is it mm-hmm. now a chance to say, okay, now, now that I know I'm in my growth phase, let's take a look at these four pillars to make sure all four of them are also within that growth period and if not adjust, or right. is it also like, or and or I guess I should say, how do we get to that maturity phase? What do we need to achieve to get there, either by adjusting those four pillars or doing something else? Or you know what would be the next steps, I guess, once the uh, nonprofit has it figured out where they are in that life cycle? great question.
1: So yeah, you're going to immediately through that assessment figure out what things in your what foundational elements, ie the pillars or the table legs, need to be adjusted um, in or- so that you can bring all of those things into alignment. So you know, say your programs are in growth mode and everything else is kind of falling in startup, um, your first step is going to be what actions should we be taking in each of those pillar areas? to bring them into growth mode. Um, and obviously we all want to get to maturity, but we have to get into growth mode first, right? So first you want to align everything, and then you can talk about um, in, in, fer- in future years how you move into the maturity stage. But um, I find that often getting out of the um, startup phase is the hardest thing for nonprofits. As I mentioned, the programs generally go first, but I think we underestimate in nonprofits um, the importance of a couple of things. Um, one is that is that leadership and really assessing, and this is really the board's role, right? So you know what? I'm going to start at governance because governance kind of dictates everything else. So um, when we talk about the board, we really need to um, have a strong set of bylaws that dictates how the, how the board operates. We need the board to understand what their key responsibilities are with the organization as far as setting strategic oversight and their fiduciary responsibility. We need to make sure that at the board meetings, we're talking about, um, the strategic priorities of the organization and that they have a strategic plan to begin with um, and that we're also reviewing the financials and the board is responsible for all of that. And often in early stage or earlier stage startups, I find that um, the board maybe doesn't understand all of those responsibilities and isn't fulfilling the roles that I've just described. Another role that they have that's a key role there's three of them, is oversight of the uh, CEO. And so the CEO, remember I said in the startup phase, generally it's a founder who's got a lot of passion. They're a spark plug. Um, but they may not They may not come with leadership skills. And to run a nonprofit and to be productive and manage expenses and hire the right team members you have to have the skills that equip you to do that and probably some experience doing that as well. So often uh, what's required to move from startup into a growth phase is that we need to replace the founder with a talented executive director that can take the the nonprofit into the next stages of the nonprofit's growth. Um, that's hard because sometimes the founders run the show and even though the board should run the show in a nonprofit, the founders are running the show and who's going to tell that founder that they need to be replaced or that they're not in the right seat on the bus. Um, (laughs) So that can be uh, a big challenge, but um, yeah, so, so, What I see often, again, just to recap, is that in the startup phase, we need a strong board first and foremost, we need strong leaders, and then we need to build under that board and the leaders, the financial business model, the revenues and expenses that are going to sustain the organization long-term, as well as the systems and processes that are uh, replicable and that are ultimately efficient.
0: So you kind of glossed over it, but I think it's an important point to underline. Is and I don't have any numbers for this, but I get a sense that a lot of nonprofits do get stuck in that startup phase, where maybe the the founder doesn't isn't ready to give up their passion project to move uh, to allow the board to elect somebody uh, who is more of a leader or a manager, and or maybe some technology issues or other issues. They kind of get stuck often in that startup phase, and I was wanted to know, you know, would you agree? And is there any tips? high level, let's say, that they can do to help them along to get to that growth phase?
1: Yeah, great question. I would say that I see many, many smaller nonprofits start and stay in in startup phase. In fact, I worked with one last year that was... A 20-year-old organization. And when I did the assessment, I said, you're still in startup phase. And they said, how can that be? We're 20 years old. This isn't a time-bound assessment. The reality was they had just hired their their very first executive director. Their board wasn't functioning in some of the ways that we described. They didn't have the systems and processes, and they certainly didn't have a a strong business model. So um, I I agree with you and your point that many organizations don't get past the startup phase and why? I think it's just that they they're doing the best they can delivering the programs and assuming everything else is going to follow. But unless they are educated in the things that I've just described, they're not going to be able to move past that because they may not know what they don't know. In other words, Many nonprofits don't understand um, the importance of governance and the strength of their board and and, um, having the board maintain their three main priorities, how important that is in building the competitive advantage for the organization in the long term. So that's why I'm really excited to get information out about this um, assessment tool because I think it really becomes educational and um, foundational for the nonprofit. It clearly, you know, points out to them where they need to focus their efforts in order to move the organization forward, but also to make things feel easy, right? We get into nonprofit work because we want to do great things. And when part of our organization is in growth and part is and part of those pillars are laying in startup mode, it feels really difficult. We're kind of working against ourselves.
0: So we mentioned that the, the target really is to stay as long as possible. And it is apparently possible to stay in that maturity phase for a long period of time. I'm curious to know how do you, or what do you normally recommend to a nonprofit to avoid going to the decline and the turnaround phases, or especially the terminal phases? Like, are there certain clues that nonprofits can look for? I don't always like focusing on the negative parts, like what they shouldn't be doing, but instead of what they should be doing. But is there are there any indicators to say, hang on a second, we could be slipping toward the next phase, which we don't want to do. Let's decide how we adjust from here.
1: That's a great question. I would say that the things that the board should be looking at at the maturity stage are um, all the key indicators about their business. So um, is demand changing? is um is the financial situation changing? Um, and and have we made the relevant adjustments? So, for example, in this last couple of years, we've had huge inflationary um, pressures, which have caused huge increases in salary ranges, at least in my area. And that's impacted nonprofits. A lot in my area because now they're paying their staff more than they ever have before. So that means we need to adjust the pricing that we may charge. And sometimes, again, we mentioned that our reimbursement sometimes is set by uh, grantors or the government, um, depending on the type of work that we're doing. So we may not have as much chance to adjust on the revenue side um, as we you know, have to flex on the on the expense side. So these are all part of the board's role, right, in evaluating the organization and keeping a close eye on the trends, on the, n- the number of people that they're able to serve, again the number of programs that they're able to provide um the financial situation as we mentioned a key way to do that besides the monthly meetings and the dashboards and financials that the board should be reviewing at every meeting is also to make sure that each year you're doing an environmental assessment so you're looking at your internal strengths and weaknesses of the organization as well as the opportunities and threats in your external environment you're looking at do i have new competitors What is changing in the marketplace? Is there a new service that might be needed? Maybe we need to, you know, maybe we have three core services in our nonprofit and it's time to evaluate each of those using the lifecycle approach. Maybe one of them is kind of a tired service, but there's a new demand in the service area that, you you know, that is aligned with the organization's mission. Um, So, Those kinds of uh, discussions should be generated at the board level on an annual basis as part of their strategic planning process, and that includes scanning their environment and doing that environmental assessment. So I would say if a board is doing that annual process and that they have key performance indicators or dashboards that help them understand on a month-to-month basis as they meet, how the organization is doing, you're going to see those trends coming. You're going to see that train coming down the track and you're going to be able to make adjustments and um, make good decisions on behalf of the organization.
0: So would that be a a good cadence is once a month to look for these kinds of indicators? Like, I'm curious to know the bigger question I'm trying to ask, I guess, is how often should you reassess where you are in that life cycle? Great question. Is it, is it a month-to-month? Is that too often? Or is it maybe a you know, month-to-month is more of those smaller indicators, but this kind of reassessment should happen, I don't know, every six months? or Is there any kind of timeline that you have in mind for reassessments? Yeah
1: great question. And it really depends on the organization and the environment that they're working in, right? Um, I would say many smaller nonprofits probably don't have the resources to do this more than annually. And it could be part of their annual strategic planning process. You know, again, they're doing their environmental assessment, their strengths, weaknesses, and looking out at their environment, doing their external, their, uh, opportunities and threats. And um, as part of the internal assessment, they could be doing this life cycle assessment to say, you know, where do we think we are? The monthly cadence, and again, it depends on the nonprofit. So i I see a lot of nonprofits that meet monthly. Um, I see others that um, because it's harder and harder to engage nonprofit board members are moving more toward a quarterly cadence with their board meetings or Every two months. And that's fine. Also, provided that you are looking at key indicators every single time you meet. So when you do your strategic plan, you're, you're setting up goals that you're trying to meet and key, you know, financial numbers that you're trying to meet. And a dashboard, in my opinion, a dashboard should be created from that and presented to the board at every board meeting, whenever, you know, whatever that cadence is to say, hey, board, here's where we are in meeting these strategic priorities that we've set up for the year. So whatever the cadence is, there should be key indicators reviewed at every board meeting. That's my opinion. With that life cycle analysis then happening at least, I would say, once a year. And I'll share with you real quick, if I could, I have um a someone that I really respect in a senior living organization and they operate in five different business lines. So, you know, they operate senior housing, but they also have um, assisted living, adult day healthcare, PACE programs. Um, They have, like I said, five different business lines. And what they do is they on a um, quarterly basis, believe it or not. Now, again, this is a resourced organization that has the staff to do this they bring these life cycle indicators for each of their programs to the board on a quarterly basis. Now, that would be where we would all, aspirational, right? That's where we would all want to be at some point. But um, again, because um, staffing may be the issue here, we might not be able to do that on a quarterly basis. But if you do operate in different business lines, that's something else you can do with this life cycles approach is apply it to each of those services. Because you may find differences in each services or find an opportunity for a turnaround or uh, or additional growth in one of the service lines that doesn't apply to other service lines if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. and it's always nice to have a target in mind, even though you can't quite get there at least you know what that target looks like. I'm also curious then, especially more toward I don't know why my focus is on the decline and turnaround phase, but let's say a nonprofit has has noticed that they're in the decline phase, like what does that turnaround phase mean? Is that really a pivot of some kind? is there mm-hmm. any kind of patterns that you can share like i imagine they want to reinvent themselves in some capacity to make to stay relevant to stay you know up to date to maybe to reconnect with the next generation of donors and supporters what is a positive turnaround normally or could look like
1: it's a great question so typically we're identifying the decline early right and and again this is not to over generalize but i would say something That I can see happen with um, some nonprofits is that they're so invested in their mission and in their programs that they hold on to them at all costs when some of them might need to be retired because they're no longer sustainable, right? So in nonprofits, we talk a lot about no margin, no mission. We can't operate if we don't have a margin. Yet not everything we do generates a margin, so we have to make sure we have offsetting Um, things occurring. So, you know, again, I, I think that, um, one, the first thing is that if your board is doing its job of providing strategic oversight and monitoring the, their fiduciary with their fiduciary hats on, um, you're going to see things earlier than you would have if those things aren't being reviewed regularly. And the key there is then asking yourself, what is still relevant about this product? Um, is it something that's desperately needed in the community and we want to continue to offer it? If our revenue sources have dried up or um, if... Uh, we mentioned reimbursement sometimes doesn't change for these services from the government side as quickly as our expenses are changing. So maybe advocacy is needed, right? Uh, Whatever the issue is that's needed, if the organization can, with eyes wide open, take a look at what are the things, what are the levers we could pull here to make a change, they have more of an opportunity potentially to orchestrate a turnaround. So to answer your question about what are the characteristics, I would say you have a board and a leader that are aligned in being really honest with themselves about what they're seeing in the trends, uh, a willingness to consider lots of different options, and those may include partnerships with um, competitors. I mean, there's so many things that, so many unique ideas that are happening today in community um, to solve the needs of our, you know, the, the folks that we're serving. So you just get really creative, you figure out, you know, what is going to be the best thing for our organization. And, you know, often you can start to pull some of those levers and, and hopefully enact a turnaround before a decline, before the, you know, terminal is needed. Um, that's really the
0: goal. So you mentioned that website for the self-assessment, if you could maybe reshare that link because I, I didn't quite capture it and we can put it into the show notes, as well as, do you know of any other resources that are supplementary to that website to either give nonprofits an idea of the life cycle in general or those four pillars we mentioned, just to be able to get you know more information so that they can learn more about this?
1: Yes, so the organization that I spoke of is called the Nonprofit Life Cycles Institute and their website is nonprofitlifecycles.com and there you can learn more about life cycles and then um, also potentially um, seek the assessment. Also on this website, they have a list of life cycle capacity consultants like myself who um, might be available to assist you in doing this assessment and or helping you formulate a plan to address things that come out of that diagnostic assessment. Another great tool or another great organization that I'd love to point you toward is called BoardSource. BoardSource BoardSource.org is the website. And they have a lot of governance Um, information. And a lot of it is free. You can join as a member for a couple hundred dollars, but you also can get a lot of uh, really great resources that are free right off their website. And again, we've talked a lot about governance and um, the role of the boards, and they have a lot of tools that help boards um, to uh, really educate themselves and advance themselves um, so that they can serve the nonprofit the way that is intended. And um, I would just like to offer myself as a resource. I yeah, as sure. you can tell I'm, an, I'm a nerd when it comes to all things governance and nonprofits. And um, I love this life cycles concept. So I'm open to um, help answer any questions or point anybody uh, in the direction of um, resources and assistance. And my website is peaktoprofit.com. And I know you'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. And um, I'm also pretty prolific on LinkedIn uh, in terms of resources and information that I like to share. A lot of it is around nonprofit management and governance. And so uh, if we could connect on LinkedIn, that would be great as well. And um, I'll, um, I'll give you my profile and you can put that in the show notes as well if you like.
0: Perfect. Jennifer, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: You bet. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for this
0: opportunity. All right, that's it for today. I am Alexander Lapa, and I hope you join me again in the next Agents of Nonprofit.